Hello everyone, Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. <clears throat> Glad to be back on this afternoon. Hope everybody's doing well. If you're listening to this, you're listening to my next installment of my College Football Breakdown series, continuing to break down all 133 teams at the FBS College Football level. And in this segment, I will be continuing with the Iowa State Cyclones, who last year went 4-8, and 1-8 and eight in the Big 12. <clears throat> uh, Iowa, of course, one of the better coach teams in the country under uh, head coach Campbell who's just who's done some amazing things there um, but <clears throat> trying to, do, to try uh, last year was a bit of a a stepping stone I guess you could say just because they lost so many guys from the year before to the NFL so many all-time greats in the program especially on the offensive side of the ball um, that I guess you could it could have expected a little bit of a downward uh, turn um, but with the pieces that have been added and just the improvement that will take place, they got a lot back. Uh, this is a team that honestly can really make a jump. And in, in, in every game they lost last year as well was uh, a one-score game. So, I mean, just getting that to turn around uh, can really turn the, turn the tide for the Cyclones. So let's just go ahead and dive into the breakdown. They play at Jack Trice Stadium. Um, beautiful venue that I'm looking forward to hopefully attending a game next season. Got a couple games highlighted uh, to look at to potentially attend down the road uh, this year there. It's only a four and a half hour drive for myself, so not a bad trip at all. But Jack Trice Stadium seats 61,500 fans. And it always seems every year <clears throat> they just seem to pull off an upset or two at home. They, they have an amazing group of fans that fill that fill that stadium and make it a really tough place to play and with the defense that they've had recently as well I mean it just makes it just an amazing atmosphere and like I said one that I'm really looking forward to getting to in the very very near future hopefully next this upcoming season uh, coach on the rise I'm going to go with uh, uh, new offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach Nate Shieldhouse who uh, a lot of people will remember from his time at the University of Illinois not that long ago. He was a 2012 graduate uh, of the University of Illinois. He finished his career as the all-time total offense leader at Illinois with 10,634 yards, which at the time put him uh, seventh in Big Ten history. So really, really good offensive player. He's a four-year starter, two-time team captain there. Was a really really good player player at Illinois, and, and I think it's just really cool to see him rise to the ranks like he has, pretty rapidly. Um, he was started his coaching career in 2015 at Illinois. He was the running backs coach, so offensive analyst in 16, 17, and then since 2018 he's been at Iowa State. He was the running backs coach in 18, 2019, 20 is the wide receivers coach. Uh, 2021, 2022 he served as the run game coordinator, running backs coach, wide receiver coach. And of course, this year has been promoted to offensive coordinator, which I I think it's just really really cool to see a young coach like himself get this opportunity. In 2019, uh, 24/7 Sports ranked him a 30 under 30 for for new coaches on the rise, and, and I think it's only a matter of time before we see Nate Shieldhouse get his opportunity as a uh, head coach in in the very near future I I believe I think he's a fantastic offensive mind and I'm really excited to see what he's going to be able to do with this group uh, looking at Iowa State now their 2023 schedule <clears throat> they play 
always tough northern iowa on the missouri valley football conference fcs level but will be a tough game no matter what then they play iowa uh, who they were able to to beat last year um, and then just a great opportunity now getting them come to ames i was much improved from last season but still one of the better rivalries in college football then iowa state goes to ohio uh, the the uh reigning mac champions it'll be a tough game there as they return curtis rourke their quarterback and lots of other pieces so that's going to be a battle right there and i just have to add i give iowa state credit it seems like every other year they make a trip to a quote-unquote g5 program they go to to their place and i I give iowa state credit for doing that because there's so many p5s that refuse to do that Uh, then they open up conference play against oklahoma state then they have at oklahoma they get tcu at Cincinnati, at Baylor, host Kansas, at BYU, Texas, and at Kansas State. So a tough schedule from the perspective of playing those <clears throat> quote-unquote blue bloods of the Big 12. But I'm, I'm really looking at potentially, for my sake, uh, heading, to a, heading to either the Oklahoma State, TCU, Kansas, or Texas games in, in, the, in the future this year. Uh, let's go ahead, diving into... Um, position by position breakdown now, starting offensively. Uh, returning quarterback Hunton Deckers led the Big 12 in completion percentage last season at 66.1%, so pretty darn accurate QB. But he also led the conference in interceptions with 14. He is competing with last year's backup, uh, Rocco Becht, and early enrollee four star uh, JJ Cole. Um, so a battle's ensuing there. I, I personally think look for Deckers to take command of the offense. He's, like I said, he's extremely accurate. Just has to cut down on those interceptions. He's got a really, really good arm. But J.J. Cole is a really, really talented young prospect that they were able to bring in as well. Uh, the running back has some talented options that just need to stay healthy. Uh, Jirel Brock and our Cartavius Norton are both talented but but are coming back from injuries from last season. And then there's Eli Sanders and Stanford transfer. Arlen Harris are also more than capable backs as well. Really solid group of running backs right there. Again, they just need to stay healthy. Uh, the receiving core must replace record-setting wide receiver Xavier Hutchinson, who's now off to the NFL, has many of the program receiving records. Uh, the tight end position has a plethora of options, including Deshaun Hanukkah, who stepped up uh, towards the end of last season. They got like four or five guys there who you feel really confident in. Then wide receivers Jalen Noel and Dimitri Stanley return. And everyone's really excited about Eastern Kentucky transfer wide receiver Jaden Higgins, who put up eye-popping numbers last season at the FCS level. Um, He's a 6'4 receiver, runs really, really good routes. Uh, Just a perfect fit into this system after losing Hutchinson. Uh, he'll have a couple years of eligibility too, so really excited to see what he can do moving forward. Uh, the offensive line was a weak link last season, and new position coach Ryan Clanton is tasked with the, with their development. They do have four starters back, so that's absolutely huge. So there's optimism there, but there's a lot of questions from the national perspective if, if this is if this is a Big 12 level offensive line, even with those returners. I, I tend to believe with with the leadership of Clanton leading the charge there that this offensive line is going to make a big jump and really produce at a high level for this offense. Uh, defensively, 
the defensive line loses two to the NFL, including all-time sack leader Will McDonald the fourth, one of the best in program history, if not the best. Um, however, uh, the group is still in good hands. Nose guard Isaiah Lee returns, while defensive ends Joey Peterson, Tyler Oenidum, and uh, J.R. Singleton are more than capable as well. So losing those pieces to the NFL, yeah, it does hurt, but this is a position in, a, in the defense as a whole where this staff has recruited tremendously well in the past, and there's, and there's still really talented pieces there in place. Uh, the linebacking core returns starter um, Jerry Vaughn, uh, Carson Wilkes, uh, Jack Sadowski, and Will McLaughlin are all young, but they have loads of talent. Like I said, they've recruited really well on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Missouri transfer Zachary Lovett will be utilized as well. <clears throat> I think on paper, this group looks a little thin just based off of inexperience. But the guys that they have, those young guys, those three that I mentioned, and Wilch, Sadowski, and McLaughlin, yes, they're young, but they are immensely talented. Uh, the secondary is borderline elite. Uh, just a fantastic group in the back end. Uh, cornerbacks TJ Tampa and Miles Purchase combined with safeties Bo Freiler, Jemiah Cooper, and Malik Verdon to form one of the best units in college football. Not just the Big 12, but all of college football. This group only allowed 178.2 passing yards per game last season, which was 10th nationally, and they're all back. So I personally think it's going to improve. Um, it's going to be a really, really talented group there. That's Yes, they play in the Big 12 against a lot of, a lot of pass-happy offenses, but you look at they played those past half offenses last year and only allowed 178 yards per game, so that's pretty darn impressive. Uh, looking at special teams now, both kicker Jace Gilbert and punter Tyler Perkins had up and down years last season. Uh, some consistency here could really help the program get back to bowl eligibility. Uh, they, their games were very, very close last year in the <clears throat> field position battle. Um, from a punting and kickoff standpoint is something that they need to improve on, but just being able to make more kicks consistently too from the field goal side would really, really help this program. Uh, final analysis, in my opinion, now on the Cyclones. Uh, this program and staff have built up depth, and it is time for that to show in 2023. I really firmly believe that this that this team can make a jump from where they were last season. Reversing some of those one-possession losses will be key as is improving the red zone scoring where the Cyclones were the worst in power five football in 2022, only converting 70.5% of the time when they were in the red zone. They had a, a good amount of missed field goals in the red zone and they just need to punch in touchdowns. If, if they're, if they're able to raise that 70.5% to even 80%, and I think that's being generous, that that's going to give them another one or two wins, in, in my opinion. I think this team has an opportunity to make a pretty good jump, and I think a bull is nothing short of the expectation for this year. As a, It's a good, good returning group that's extremely well coached. So, <clears throat> hope you enjoyed this breakdown. One of the favorite things that I get to do every year, I really enjoy doing this. Uh, please like, subscribe, if you ever listen to the podcast, and then please give the podcast Twitter account a follow at TNT College Foot One. Everybody have a good day. God bless.